so these two in between Sundays that I've got, I want to talk to you for a little bit, and don't wince, and don't, you know, clench your teeth, just relax. We're going to talk about money the next two, two Sundays. I, I get lots of questions about money. What am I supposed to do with my money? How much am I supposed to give? Those kinds of questions. And those are good questions to ask, but they're not easy questions to answer. Um, so I just want to share with you what the Bible has to say about us and our money. Just, and it's, going to be, it's not going to be comprehensive. It's just going to be kind of focused on where we happen to be at as a fellowship. Um, and I hope that you'll take the principles that, that I lay out uh, home and think about them and think how they apply to your life and where you're at. And uh, I hope that you'll begin to live by these things so that God can bless your life. Here's the, here's the, the reality is, um, when we put ourselves in a place where we're living in obedience to the Lord, that maximizes our potential to be blessed by the Lord. Does that make sense? As we walk in obedience to the Lord, we open ourselves up to all kinds of blessings from His hand. So, um, not that we do it for that reason, but that is just, that's just the way things work out in life. That's the way it's designed. I'm glad you're here today. It's going to be a good day. Sit back and relax, and let's just talk about what God's doing in us and through us. Who do you think is the most generous person in the world? Jesus, yeah, but I guess he doesn't count. He's not who I had in mind. Warren Buffett, they say, is the most generous man on the planet at this moment in time. They say that Warren Buffett, on most lists, Warren Buffett has donated more than $46 billion in the last 10 years, about 55% of his wealth he has given away to philanthropic organizations, many of whom I don't approve of, but that's okay, it's, it's up to him, you know. I mean, you want to count Planned Parenthood as being a philanthropic organization, go right ahead, I got a problem with killing babies. But anyway, that's just me, and I think that's the heart of God too, that's my little political. God is pro-life, just saying. Who's the most generous person in Alabama? Anybody have an idea? I didn't know. Oh, no. According to most people, they say the distinction of being the most generous person in Alabama falls to a guy named Abraham Mitchell. I never heard of him. He's a real estate magnate in Mobile, Alabama. And he has given a number of gifts to the University of South Alabama, including $50 million for scholarships to their business school, who happens to be named after Abraham Mitchell. <laughs> This is kind of funny. It's kind of a side story. It's not my notes rabbit trail. I know a guy that has a million dollars in the bank, and he intends to give that million dollars away, right? But he's looking for just the right opportunity because when he gives that million dollars away, he wants his name to go on the building that they build in honor of him. Kind of tells you where his heart is, right? We're going to be talking a lot about the heart when it comes to giving. Who's the most generous person in Christian Life Fellowship. Dead silence. Everybody's going, ah! I don't know, and I don't care to know, to be perfectly honest. I really don't know who gives and who doesn't give. I, I don't know any of that. Um, Cindy's the one that takes care of that, and whoever's counting the offering. Uh, I really don't know, nor do I care, who the most generous person in Christian Life Fellowship is. I want to talk today about the most generous person that Jesus ever met. Let's talk about that person. It's a little, a little widow lady, Mark chapter 12, the most generous person that Jesus ever met. Let's talk about that for just a moment. Read that story with me. Mark chapter 12, 
talks about this little widow lady who is generosity personified. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Today I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Let's pray real quick and we'll just share a couple of observations from this passage. Lord, I love you and I thank you. I thank you for this church and I thank you for the generous hearts in this church. I thank you that you have used us to do extraordinary things in your name. And I ask you, God, to increase our capacity to give, to serve, to love. Help us, O oh Father, to do these things from a right heart, a pure heart, a heart motivated with the right motives. Help us to become everything you've created each one of us to be so this, that this church can be everything. This church is supposed to be a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. I love you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for who you are to us. We just want to live like you want us to live. We want to glorify you, Lord, through our good works. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Three observations I want, to, I want to make. Quick little observations. You may want to go home and meditate on this stuff. I'm not even going to bring a lot of other scripture into it. We'll be talking more about some of this stuff next week. But there are three observations I want to point out to you as we get started thinking about money, about giving, about serving, about being a people devoted to good works. The first observation is this, that Jesus watches when we give. Jesus watches when we give. The Greek word that's translated watched in verse 41 literally means to look with a discerning eye. To look with a discerning eye. My friends in high school didn't like my dad. They were scared. Well, they liked him, but they were scared of him. You know why? They said because he could, he could look right through them to their soul. When he looked at them, he had such a direct way of gazing into their eyes. It said, like, he can penetrate to the, my very soul. I'm, I'm scared of him. Well, that's what that's talking about. Jesus, when he watched the people putting offerings into the treasury, he was watching them with this, with this discerning eye. It's a, it's a keen, deep, penetrating gaze that goes just beyond just seeing the amount that they were giving, but he was seeing into their soul. He was seeing into their heart. He was seeing the motivation behind their giving. Does that make sense? He watches us when we give. What does Jesus say when you give? What does He see when you give? He sees the amount. We know that. But more importantly, what does He see in your heart when you give? What's the motive behind your giving? Do you give just because it's required? Or you think it's required? Do you give because you're afraid not to? You know, I know some people that give to the Lord because they're afraid not to. They're afraid the Lord's going to take from them if they don't give. Is fear a, a, a proper motivation to give? Do you give to make an impression? I know people that like to give to the Lord to make a splash. Do you give because you expect God to give back to you in return? Is that proper motivation? Or is your giving motivated simply by your love for God? 
Is your giving an act that flows, an act of worship that flows out of a grateful, generous, joyful, trusting heart? Jesus watches us. He watches us when we give. What does he see as the motivation behind your giving? That's what's important. Not what you give, why you give. The second observation I want to make in the, about this passage is this, that Jesus knows the cost of our giving. Jesus knows what it costs us to give. When Jesus watched the rich people put their offering into the temple treasury, He saw that they were giving out of their abundance, that they were giving from their discretionary income, that they were giving from their leftovers, from their abundance. But the widow, the widow was giving out of her poverty. She was giving from her lack. She had no leftovers. What she gave was what she had. The rich were giving a contribution. The widow was making a sacrifice. Jesus knows the cost of what you're giving. The widow put in everything. All she had to give. And I want you to notice that that, uh, Jesus didn't point out the size of her gift to the disciples. He pointed out the cost of her gift to the disciples. Pick up on that? He, He didn't point out the size of her gift. He pointed out to them the cost of her gift. Everything. All she had to live on. Frankly, most of us, and rightfully so, I don't think the left hand needs to know what the right hand is doing when it comes to giving. That's why I choose not to know what you give. I don't want to know that. But what, what we, most, for most of us, we live with a don't ask, don't tell policy when we give. We don't want others to know what we're giving. We don't want them to know the amount. We don't want them to know the cost. Because frankly, most of us would probably be embarrassed if people knew what we gave. Can I be honest? Did you know that the average churchgoer today only gives about 2.5% of their income to church? Did you know that only about, uh, that about 37% give nothing at all? 37% give nothing at all. And that's why I think we live with this don't ask, don't tell policy. We don't want people to really know what we give because we might be embarrassed if they found out. But Jesus knows. Jesus knows what we give. And He knew that this poor widow gave sacrificially in comparison to the rich people. He knew what it cost her to give. He knows what it costs us to give. And this is what I want you to know. I I think I put it up there. Yes, would you write that sentence down? I think this is the point of the whole story. Jesus measured her generosity not by what she gave, but by what she had left after she gave. Does that make sense? I think that's the important principle, really important principle to pull away and take with you when you start thinking about your money. It's not about what you give. It's about what you have left over after you give. That's what Jesus is looking at when he defines generosity. There's a third observation I want to make about uh, this little widow lady, this story. Jesus celebrated her giving. Jesus celebrated her generosity. Jesus used this poor widow to personify generosity for us. 
He pointed to this widow as an example his disciples should follow, should emulate. He made her gift a pattern for all of us. He said in verse 43 and 44, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Think about that. She's put more into the treasury than all the others. These others had much, they were writing much larger checks. But it was this widow's two mites that were more generous than those large checks. He celebrated her giving. He said, they all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything all that she had to live on. Now, why did Jesus celebrate her giving? Why didn't He celebrate the giving of the others, the rich people who were giving the big amounts? Here's why. I think this is why, uh, this, this is something we really need to understand. I think that Jesus celebrated this widow woman and her pattern for giving because when she gave in this way, she expressed a complete and unconditional trust in God. She expressed a trust in God. And I think that's the only, only explanation that makes sense when I, when I look at this passage of Scripture. Her trust in God made her so generous that she was willing to put everything she had in the offering plate. Her trust in God is the only rational explanation for me as to why she was all in with her life. First of all, she... She gave everything because she trusted God as the owner of her resources, of her possessions. Those possessions didn't belong to her. She recognized God was the owner, and if God wanted everything, God could have everything because we're just stewards or managers of what we've been given. I don't think anybody was holding a gun to this widow's head saying you need to give everything you got. There are some people making that argument that this, this widow was being abused. And being misled. I don't think that argument holds water. I don't think anybody was forcing this woman to give. I think she gave as a voluntary expression of her confident hope and trust in God. So she trusted God as the owner. And she wouldn't hold anything back when the owner asked it of her. Does that make sense? The second way I think she was showing her trust in God is this. She, she trusted God to be her provider. She could have given just one coin. One out of two. Think about that. That's 50%. She could have just thrown one coin in the offering and everybody would have applauded and said, what a tremendous sacrifice she made. She gave 50% of everything she had. I would applaud you if you were to stand up. I'm giving 50% of all I own to the Lord. Woo, yeah, come on. I mean, that'd be wonderful, right? You're waiting for me to make that first step, right? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't be impressed if a friend gave half of their possessions to the Lord? But she gave everything. She gave everything. All she had to live on, trusting that God would meet those future needs when they came up. She trusted God as her provider. The third thing I think I see in this this expression of trust, this act of worship based on her trust in God, is that she gave everything because she trusted God would bless her gift and use it. She trusted that God would take these two little coins that she had and that God would bless it, multiply it, and use it for His glory. 
She believed that God would take that gift as meager as it was and use it to make a difference. And see, here's why I think 37% of us don't give. is because we, we think to ourselves, what, God's, what is God going to do with that little bit I can throw in the plate? You're serving a really small God, if that's your attitude. Puny God. Puny God. God, Jesus took, what, two fish and five loaves and fed 5,000. Little as much when God's in it. How big is your God? How big is your God? This little lady served a big God. And she was willing to throw her two, two cents in, literally two cents in, knowing that God would take it and multiply it and use it to bring glory and honor to his name. You see, so in the eyes of God, the most generous people are not the Warren Buffets and the Abraham Mitchells of the world. It's those of us like this little widow woman. And I'm looking at some of you, and I'm, yes, I'm throwing you into the same category. People like you, it's your generosity. People like you who give joyfully and sacrificially to a God that you trust with your whole life that makes a difference. Look, it's not about, it's not about the size of your gift. It's about the motivation of your heart. It's about your confidence in God, your trust that he'll use you. With what little you bring, to, you're thinking to yourself, I got nothing to bring. Man, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And you've proven that. You've proven that over and over and over again. 2018 was a great year at Christian Life. How many of you started coming here for the first time in 2018? You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. How many of you have been here longer than that? Praise God. We're still here because you're still here. Giving and serving and praying. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your generosity.